18th. It's important that you get registered in order to vote. To register, or check if you're already registered, you can visit the Elections Canada website at www.elections.ca. We also have lots of information for voters, including necessary ID, writing information, and the location of Elections Canada offices. If you're registered, you should receive a voter information card by mail telling you when and where to vote. You can also use the online voter information service. You can vote on election day at your designated polling station, on advanced polling days between October 9th and October 12th, at any Elections Canada office, or by mail. Elections Canada offices are now open seven days a week. To vote by mail, you need to apply by October 13th, online, by mail, or at any Elections Canada office. Remember, get informed, register, and vote by October 19th. architecture provide new tools of political analysis intervention? This question is central to the work of Ayal Weitzman, Israeli architect and scholar. Join the Peter Wall Institute at UBC for the Wall Exchange on Thursday, October 15th, 2015 at 7.30pm in the Vogue Theatre in downtown Vancouver. Reserve your tickets online at pwias.ubc.ca. Know what's up at UBC? Read the UBC. It's only the largest student newspaper in Western Canada, and it's written and edited entirely by UBC students. The UBC is your source for on-campus news, culture, and sports. New editions come out every Monday and Thursday. For breaking news as well as amazing videos and blogs, check out UBC.ca. Good evening. You are listening to TikTok on CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded territories of the Hukamanum-speaking Musqueam people. My name is Madeline Taylor, and I am the spoken word coordinator here at CITR. And tonight, I'm going to be airing a podcast that was produced in collaboration with uh, the Museum of Anthropology. We had a group of students from the Native Youth Program come in in the summertime, and they were six different urban Native youth. They were from all different nations all over, from all over Canada with a number of different uh, identities and, and backgrounds, bringing them all together to make a really unique group. And they learned about art and Native identity and community through all kinds of workshops put on by MOA. And as a final project for the program, they put together this podcast where they talk about their stories and their identities as young urban Native youth. So I wanted to share that with you tonight. Um, also, I'd like to encourage everyone to get out to the polls on Monday and vote. It doesn't matter who you vote for, just exercise your democratic rights. It's one of the most potent things you can do to make yourself and your opinions known in this society, and it's a privilege that we really shouldn't take for granted. So please, please, please do your due diligence. If it's the only nationalistic thing you ever do, just get out and vote. It's really important. And so without further ado, this is the Native Youth Program's final project here on CITR 101.9 FM, and you are listening to TikTok. Hi, everyone. My name is Tyson Hall. Hello. I'm Evan Homechip. Hello. I'm Eliza Crow mccallum Hello. I'm Louise Stewart. Hello, I'm Deja Ducharme. 
Hi, my name is Maya Odette, and we are interns at the Native Youth Program. The Native Youth Program is the longest-running public Aboriginal program at the Museum of Anthropology. What the program is, is you have a group of five to six Indigenous youth who conduct tours at the museum as well as go to presentations and workshops on and off UBC campus. This podcast is a reflection on our thoughts and experiences this summer. We would like to acknowledge that we are recording from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Hakkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Hi everyone, my name is Tyson Hall. On my father's side, I come from Musqueam, Scalots, and the Connor Nations. On my mother's side, I come from Mohawk, Cayuga, and Ojibwe Nations. I've been working with the Native Youth Program for one year now. The Native Youth Program is in its 36th year, and it's the longest-running Aboriginal public program at the Museum of Anthropology. This program allowed me to gain new friends and reconnect with my culture. I'll be focusing on each of these two aspects of what the program did for me. Friends are one big thing that the Native Youth Program provides. I've gained new and forever lasting relationships in this program. Every year, the program hires six Aboriginal youth. Since I've been working here for one year, I've got to gain 10 awesome friends. These friends have made a huge impact on my life. Last year, in 2014 summer, the five friends I've made made me realize to be patient with everyone, to be more grateful, and to be a proud Native. This year's group of friends taught me how to realize how beautiful I truly am and that it's okay to fall and start all over again. Reconnecting with my culture is one major thing that I wanted to get out of this program. The reason why I did it was because I'm from Masquim and I could connect to it really well. Since January, I've reconnected with my culture because I've learned new information about Sesnam and Masquim every day. I was really drawn to Sesnam because of the images in this exhibition are of my family, friends, and community members that I grew up with. Since my time here with this program is coming to an end, I'm going to carry these teachings and lessons with me to the next chapter of my life. Hello everyone. I am Deja Du Charm. On my mother's side, I am Tall Cree from high level in Northern Alberta. And on my father's side, I am Kakwis Dehau from the Fort Coppell Valley in Southern Saskatchewan. I am the youngest of five with three older brothers and one older sister. I would like to talk about my personal experience in the Native Youth Program here at the Museum of Anthropology. It's been a good seven week program. I'm more confident in giving my tours and speaking in a crowd, which before I joined NYP, I was so scared to do. I would have never thought that for a summer I'd be a tour guide, especially for a museum. At the end of a tour one day, a visitor came up to me and told me, the Fort Coppell Valley is such a beautiful place. I was happy after she told me that, because I've never been there before, and hearing good things about that place was great. For the past seven weeks, I've been working with the same seven people. During NYP, we got to meet artists like Larissa Healy, Mikey Aldangeli, Lawrence Paul, Walter Scott, Sean Dacey, Janine Freynajutli, Raymond Beaujolais, Elders Larry Grant and Jerry Oldman, also including Moa Staff. This is a summer I'll never forget, the amazing and inspiring Indigenous and non-Indigenous people I have met. Every day I learn something new. 
whether if it was drawing, writing, dancing, or new facts and something I didn't know about. Mike Yell was an inspiration. Lawrence, Walter, Larissa, Raymond, and Janine are such amazing artists. Alders Larry and Jerry are such great storytellers, and Jerry taught us how to make medicine pouches. The dancers of Dal Muhammad are phenomenal indigenous dancers. They taught us powwow dancing, gitsan dancing, contemporary dance, and west coast dancing. I enjoyed it so much. At first I had an anxiety attack, but then I got comfortable after a bit. That's when the fun started. I remember as a kid, my father and I went out to Trout Lake for a powwow. I was scared of the drums, but now I don't mind it. I like it. It's not every day you get to listen to someone drum and sing live. We did an art workshop with Janine. She took our photo, then we painted over top and used spray paint to make a layered background. We got to add whatever we wanted to our photo. I made mine of what I wish I looked like, but then I ruined it by smudging the paint on my face and also accidentally sprayed orange on my black sun I put in the top corner of my canvas. I think I would have liked it better if we got to take the pictures ourselves selfie style because I like photography. Thank you Raymond and Janine for helping me discover an interest I enjoy. My birth name is Eliza Crow McCallum. But the name the Creator gave me when my spirit came into this universe was Image in the Sky. I intend to make my name known. Be it through the paint on a canvas or the words that are spilled over a page. I believe I am meant to make a change. Like a raindrop in water, I plan to cause a ripple. As an urban native youth in Greater Vancouver, I find it difficult to find my way to the right door. The Native Youth Program is the flashlight to help me through that dark. Chance and Molly Billows approached me at the Grant Gallery opening for the Overly Creative Minds art show, I wasn't expecting them to ask me if I wanted a job. But when they gave me the application form, I set to work on it, making it my priority. I'm proud of the fact that I worked hard and I earned this position in the Native Youth Program by myself. The Native Youth Program is described as a work-study program for Indigenous students to learn about Northwest Coast tradition and learn from Native public speakers and research. But NYP is so much more than that. It's given me the opportunity to learn about where I am in my life and how I can go about becoming whom I want to be in the years that come. In the Native Youth Program, part of our job was to tour Cessna, an exhibit within the Museum of Anthropology. 
The main part I wanted to focus on was the importance of oral history, because oral history is relevant throughout many cultures and isn't something I'm used to as a visual artist. What I've taken from the Cessnom exhibit and would like to apply as an artist is that personalizing art or history or pretty much anything makes the public feel involved. It interests people, and that is how you become successful, capturing the public's eye and interesting them. I found that being in the Native Youth Program helped me develop skills I didn't know I had. Public speaking was never one of my strong points, but after working here for a month, I discovered I wasn't afraid to knock on my neighbor's door and ask for a cup of sugar. I had the confidence, and even though my heart was beating a mile a minute, I didn't care, because the Native Youth Program taught me to stay strong and just do it. Where I couldn't answer the phone without dreading it, I can now pick it up of my own will and dial a number. Confidence. That's what the Native Youth Program gave me. I loved being a part of the Native Youth Program. I enjoyed free rights, visiting the art galleries and studios, but most of all, I think meeting and speaking with the artists is my favorite thing. We met a comic book artist named Walter Scott, Cody LeCoy, a surrealist painter, and Lawrence Paul, who is absolutely amazing, by the way. I highly recommend you look into his work. It's pretty cool. We also got the chance to meet an amazing woman named Larissa Healy, aka Girl23. She was funny, supportive, and she seemed so happy to teach us how to use spray paint and to graffiti. On canvas, of course. Mikey Eldangeli. Now she was an inspiring woman. All of them were in fact inspiring. I felt like every time we had to leave the studios or workshops, that I felt so much lighter. They pep-talked us and shared their skills and stories. I can't begin to thank them enough. I have learned so much from the artists we met. My future is as clear as day for me. If someone were to ask me, where do you see yourself in 10 to 15 years, I would have the answer. I mean, I've always had a passion for art, but these successful Indigenous artists make me want to work harder towards my goal. I want to graduate high school and go to university. I want to get a PhD in art history. I want my dream job. I will work as hard as I can to be an art curator because that's what I want and it feels good to achieve a goal that I've set for myself. Hey guys, my name is Maya Odette. I was born in Windsor, Ontario, but I've lived in BC for the majority of my life. I'm what I like to call Nasian, Asian and Native. My dad is Métis and Mohawk, specifically Métis Ojibwe from Ontario and Mohawk from New York. And my mom is Japanese. On a personal level, I'm fascinated with a lot of current events surrounding Indigenous issues 
and I was super interested to see how Lawrence Paul incorporates political voice into his artwork. Artistic expression is very connected to indigenous politics and resurgence. It reminds me of Buffy St. Marie's activistic messages in her music. Who's Buffy? She's a well-known indigenous folk singer and a bit of a lyrical genius. I was introduced to her music during Raymond Boisjoli's artist talk here at the Museum of Anthropology on the UBC campus. Raymond's a radical indigenous artist. He has a unconventional way of approaching his artwork. He uses black metal in his pieces. He's one of five nominated for the 2015 Sobe Award, which has a cash prize of $100,000. So you can only imagine how stoked the Native Youth Program was to meet him. One of his pieces incorporate Buffy's song Keeper of the Fire from her album Illumination. I'm gonna play it for you guys. No wonder she was such a hit. It's no surprise her music invokes a revolutionist spirit in her listeners. But back to Lawrence. Lawrence Paul is an award-winning Coast Salish artist. He is well known to both indigenous and non-indigenous peoples. His artwork bridges political gaps and stimulates dialogue between different groups of people. He's at the top of the food chain in his field and he practically invented ovoidism. I had the privilege of meeting him. The Native Youth Program went to a studio in Vancouver, which he shares with Graham Berglund and his adorable puppy Rez. Some of Lawrence's more known pieces are a part of his Predator series. This contemporary series reflects on political and environmental indigenous issues, specifically oil disputes and the money, power, greed mindset complex associated with the businessmen who deal with this. Recently, he made his first female Predator piece, which stars Christy Clark with two unknown henchwomen. Christy Clark doesn't have the best reputation amongst indigenous communities. Not only is she overzealously adamant about her liquefying natural gas plants, Clark also has the uncanny ability to disregard First Nations and prevent their involvement as much as possible. The need to involve impacted indigenous communities in the decision-making processes is obvious, yet Clark drops focus on reconciliation and is leaving it to others to deal with these issues. I'm a member of the new generation. We're the ones who are going to have to deal with the issues left behind by the previous generations. In a country where our voices are smothered, how are we going to communicate our vision? How can you expect us to lead our communities when you won't even let us lead our lives? So many eyes are blinded with dollar signs, but it's alright because it doesn't hinder my sight. I'm a member of the new generation. We are important. We are the ones who will survive. And on that note, here's another Buffy St. Marie song called Generation.
Hey guys, my name is Louise Stewart, and I'm of the Nishka and Gitsan nations of the Nass Valley in northern BC. I'm the youngest of seven, with three older sisters and three older brothers. My theme for this podcast will be storytelling, and we'll be going on to that later. But first I want to touch on my inspiration for this theme. As a part of the Native Youth Program, our coordinators had us wander the Sesnam exhibit and told us to choose a part that we felt most connected to. What I felt most connected to was a room called Squakeep, subtitled Gathered Together. In it was an inornate kitchen table, a crooked tablecloth haphazardly settled on it. Scattered on the table were pictures, black and white, of families and classes and places. There was a dusty little teapot surrounded by mismatched mugs. However, this isn't what caught my attention. What caught my attention was the sound of laughter bleeding from the room. I later learned that this noise bleed was intentional, but as it was my first time in the Sasnam exhibit, the only thing I was thinking about was how warm the room felt. This caught me off guard, since the feeling of homeliness was the last thing I'd expect to feel while at a museum. This is what eventually led me to storytelling. In Squakeep, I shared this experience with many of the tourists coming in. Over the many tours we gave, the most common comment was on how interpersonal and humanized our tour was. Most comments were on how we each had our own connection. Now, I've always been very fascinated by stories in general. I like to think on how everything was a story. Movies, games, life, objects, shows, people. I remember when I was little, I used to tell myself a story surrounding a single leaf. How it grew and the conversations it heard as a metaphorical fly on the wall. I'd hear love confessions, breakups, arguments, conversations between a child and a grandparent. I'd know that a little girl named Sally would give her ham sandwich to a homeless man on her way to school so she could mooch off the school lunch program. And then the fall would come and the leaf would say farewell to its home as its wanderlust grew with age. It would follow the wind and the rain and the storm and eventually stop to be crossed over by people on their daily commute. I like to think we're all leaves, whether we come from a birch, a maple, an oak, or a cherry, our origins all lay in bark, and our stories all share the same ending. But how we're made, how our individual journeys end, and how our stories are told, those will always be different. Say you were a leaf. From what bark do you originate from? And more importantly, just what is your story? I'm Louise Stewart, and I thank you for listening to my story.
Hello everyone, my name is Evan Humchit. In my language, my last name is pronounced Humiskinis. My last name comes from Port Hardy, the Kwakwaka'wakw'a Nation. I am also from Salmon Arm, the Sequibamk Nation, and Mount Curry, the Lilwat Nation. I am part of this year's Native Youth Program. Here on the ancestral, unceded, traditional territory of the Musqueam people at the UBC Museum of Anthropology, we give free tours of Cessna. Cessna is about the history of the Musqueam people and the burial grounds. We got a tour of Cessna from Jordan Wilson and Maya Tailfeathers and learned that the information in the exhibit is from indigenous community members of the Musqueam Nation. The burial grounds and the village of Cessna used to be called the Great Marple Midden, but got its name changed back to its original name because it is rude to call a buried village an old dump for domestic waste, which is what Midden means. The curators chose the name Cessna the city before the city to describe the exhibit. Cessna was found to be a burial site when a developer wanted to build condominiums and an underground parking lot. During the beginning of the construction, some of the workers came across a mother and infant remains. We even went to the Cessna site and made a collective poem. First, we each had to make a poem of what we heard, saw, or what we think of when we imagine the city before the city. Then, we all chose two lines in order to make the collective poem, and then we wrote it under the Arthur Lane Bridge on a pillar. This is the collective poem we wrote. I can hear the screech of cars, the smell of cigarettes, of tar, the sins of pollution, urbanization, of the people separated from their nations. Cars driving by, birds in the sky. I see newspaper blowing in the wind. I see baby feathers. The screech of brakes are drowning out the call for a bird's mate. I can't hear the voices of the earth over the roar of a truck. Old ancestors, hear what our home has become. See the loss of all that we love. The sounds of the city slowly fades to nothing. The only sense I have is of the breeze grabbing the wisps of my hair as if beckoning me across the busy street. It's as if my soul remembers. This society thinks they are the original city, but you are the city before the city. But we don't just write poems and give free tours. We also have art workshops and presentations. The people who we had to come to talk with us were Larry Grant, Lawrence Paul, and Raymond Beaujolais, and Dave G, who talked to us about podcasting to prepare us. For the art workshops, the first workshop we were with Jerry Ullman and the Summer Science Program. We made medicine pouches and traded with the people we didn't know. Second, we made sketches of each other and landscapes with Cody LaCoy. Third, we did beading with Nicole Cardinal. Fourth, we did spray painting with Larissa Healy. Fifth, we did pottery at the clay zone with Beth. 
Six, we did painting with Janine Frey Julie. Another workshop we did was dancing. We did West Coast, powwow, and contemporary dances. Then we all had to make a dance to present to each other. The people we worked with were Margaret Raven and Nigel Grenier, also Rebecca Starr and Jeanette. For my dance, I was a wolf transforming into a killer whale, then an eagle. Our last workshop presentation was with Samir and Miriam, who are art researchers. There was also a day where we went to the UBC farm and helped gather seeds and blackberries for Veronica, Kim, and Kathy. I like the idea that the berries we gathered were going to be made into a jam and that we gathered extra so that we can make jam of our own. Eliza ended up making the jar for me. As soon as she gave it to me, I opened it and took a sip of it. I hope I didn't bore you to death. I hope you're still alive. Thank you for hearing my podcast. The music you heard in this piece was by Buffy St. Marie, A Tribe Called Red, Yeruma, Sleeping at Last. Featuring the sounds of our time on the UBC farm and the voices of the Native Youth Program. We would like to thank all of the artists and influential indigenous individuals we worked with this summer. Our supervisors, Lindsay Lachance and Molly Billows. Our founders, TD, Access, and Young Canada Works. Pam Brown, the curators of the Cessnam, and all the MOA staff. And Madeline and Hugo, and the staff at CITR. All right, so you just heard the final project from the Native Youth Program, which is a long-running urban Native Youth Program that supports uh, local Lower Mainland Native Youth in creating and understanding their uh, cultural identity and also um, exploring artwork and all kinds of different amazing things through the Museum of Anthropology and all of their programs. So as a final project this summer, they came to CITR, learned all about radio broadcasting, and we produced a podcast with them where they shared stories about their time in the program as well as how they felt about their identity as urban native youth in 2015 in Canada. So thanks for tuning in to TikTok. I'm Madeline Taylor. We will be back on the air next week at 7.30 p.m., on Thursday. And just another friendly reminder, in case you didn't hear the first half of the show, please go out and vote on Monday. It's uh, on October 19th. It's really important that you do. Um, it's it's a little bit more complicated this year, thanks to some legislation that's been put through to make um, voting more complicated, unfortunately. So just, you know, do your research. There are a lot of people